Good morning, everyone. So where we were last week is that we were discussing this idea of Ein Sam The context of how we got to it was whether or not the of Rabbi Shem Ba'echai and Rabbi Shmuel and Moran Brachas, whether or not the Pasuk of the Yom HaSefer Torah can be understood in the way Rabbi Shem Ba'echai wants to understand it, which means that you just learn him lach the Nazis like the Echem versus Rabbi Shmuel says, no, Chasasham, you can't understand the Pasuk. It can't be that you just simply ignore Vahayim Shema. So you don't understand it. And therefore, you have to live a normative life where you work anywhere. We ask the question of isn't it a situation of right? If you're going to say, I'm just going to learn, it's not a situation where you suck as well. Nobody's come to you knock on your door and say, I want to be a patron. You want, you want, you're going to learn, and I'm going to support you. No one happened like that. No Kyle, no system. You just want to learn, and you really mean it. And you're going to expect that your life will be taken care of by others. Is that? Okay, isn't that a problem being Semech Alanais? That was our question that we asked. We know that you're not supposed to be Semech Alanais. The Gemara tells us in Mishalmi and Yuma, right? Even though the Kayan Gadol never was one of the 10 Nisim, even though he never saw carry on Yom Kippur, nevertheless, we didn't let him eat too much, and we didn't let him sleep, and we didn't let him eat that kind of foods that could potentially lead to that. Why? Because we wanted to do our Ishtavos in order to make sure that it wouldn't happen. I, why not? It's one of the 10 Nisim. So the Gemara said two answers. One answer was maybe it was the first bias, second bias, and the first bias was Nisim, the second bias there was no Nisim, so maybe it was the second bias that we're discussing, and therefore we had to make all the Hishtavas. But according to the other answer, the Gemara, no, it's not a situation of the first bias versus the second bias. The reason that we, even in the first bias, we'd be making sure, because we always have to do Hishtavas, ain't the same Kanalanes. That's the general understanding, the general precept of like that. And we said, Maybe that's not necessarily the case according to everybody, because you saw the Gemara Mtsachim, remember in the Babli and Yuma about the, the, the Shalash Kitas that would be in our Pesach. They had to come learn based upon a Pasuk. They had to have Shalash Kitas be coming to do the carbon in their Pesach. So if you remember, the Gemara said, Machlekes, uh, you nail the doors, right? Or is it Me'atzman? It was Machlekes, Abai and Rava. Whether or not it, you can rely on the doors to close themselves when it had enough people in there. And, and the other man, and Abai said, Abai said, that's okay. And Rava was like, no, no, inside Mechal you have to close them yourself. All right, so we, we see a concept certainly within Chazal, at least in part, then when we juxtapose, this was with a medrash in Echarava, and that medrash said to us that there is a distinction between four different kings in Israel, or actually four kings of Yehuda, Tavarnach is the only king of Israel. Those kings were David Asa, Yoshav, and Chizkiyo, and Hali did a shtanus. And we said David Amalek, he would go out and fight wars and win and say thank you to Hashem. Asa who would go out and chase, but he wouldn't actually fight and thank Hashem when he won. Yahishafat, who didn't go out to fight, didn't even um, chase, he just davened and he won and he thanked Hashem. And we had Cheskyo, who didn't fight, he didn't run, he didn't daven, he went to bed and said, Hashem, you won my enemies, and he thanked Hashem. We asked who was the greatest of love. Said our Hamakhadr said the Parsh Bashah that clearly Cheskyo is the greatest because the Pus says, Hashem, Yilochem, Lochem, Ba'atem, Dakarishim, the highest level is the Jews are going to be silent and Hashem does everything for you. That's the highest of levels. And what we said is, is that the Medrash is enigmatic. On the simple reading, David HaMelech is David HaMelech. Of course, he's going to be the greatest. Who else could be greater than him? But we said, maybe from the Medrash, it's not so clear. Maybe the Medrash is trying to say that David HaMelech is the greatest level of Ishtalim. That was part of what we discussed last week. We also just quote, quoted a letter from the Ami magazine, which said, when we look at Shaduchim from the proper perspective, we realize Hashem totally runs the show. Our job is to daven and to do minimal Ishtalim. So that was, the, is the, I think, the ethos that is generally promoted within the from community today is we rely on Hashem, we do minimal Ishtalas, and that is the ideal. That's the way one is supposed to live. When we quoted the Gemara Nida, the Gemara Nida asked three questions. Well, it was 12 questions. We only focused on three of the questions. But the Chachme, Alexandria, Anshay Alexandria asked Chazal, they said, and on the first question, my answer, Adam B is, how's a person going to become wise? What was the answer of the Gemara? The Gemara said, right? If you're going to focus on learning and not so much working, you're going to become a Tamil And the Gemara says, well, what do you mean? Right? Many people tried, same language the Gemara brought us, and it didn't work out for them. And what happened, says the Gemara? Oh. You have to do both and you have to work hard at it. In terms of the learning, you have to work hard at the learning. To daven and working hard at the learning, you'll become a tamakacham. Sounds like what kind of a level is that? Daven and not that he didn't daven. He 100% daven. He 100% went to the home tomb. 
But it's you want it, you don't just think if you just do your styles without diving to the Abish that somehow it's gonna work out. You gotta do both. That's part of part and parcel of this styles is also to dive and recognize where it's all coming from, not to forget. And then the Gemara said, "My answer, other Sure, how's a person come wealthy? The Gemara says, "Not mimai biyeshiva," as we pointed out. It says, "Himar right? And You should work honestly, faith. Like the Gemara says in Bamitzia, the question they're going to ask you, "Lost love, right? Are you going to be nasvidan How did you work faithfully, honestly? Were you were you honest in business?" And the Gemara said, "What do you mean? Many people try to do it. It didn't work out." They don't work out for them. They try. They work very hard. Says the Gemara, again, you have to daven, and you have to work hard, and you have to do honestly. And that way, then it all works out. We point to, and then the last part of the Gemara we, we discussed last month, tangential thoughts right now, we're not going to get it. So, um, if you recall, we pointed out that the Gura says, a change in the Gerson. The Gura takes out, the Gura takes out. So all you have to do, according to become wealthy, according to the Gura, is not to do a lot of work. No, it's work honestly. So that changes the whole Gemara. If that's the way you go, right, which presumably he would have thought was the case for the Girsa, because Maya Sa'odami is Chakin, is Marbabi Yeshiva, So maybe he felt that Maya Sa'odami meant he should be Nazmanan Bemuna. Doesn't exactly fit if you look at the lines and, and if you would sort of map it out, right, it would sound like it's not exactly even. One should be Marbabi Yeshiva, Marbabi one should be. We don't do that. Okay, so we're adding in right? So it doesn't exactly 100% fit. Perhaps that's why he felt that the Gersa could be changed. In any event, all the old Gersas of the Gemara do not have the Gros version. That was something that, that he engineered, at least from all the manuscript evidence that we can find. In any event, where that, we, we left off last week where we started discussing with the Ksav Sefer. If you recall the Ksav Sefer, I wanted to use the Ksav Sefer. I was very excited about the Ksav Sefer. Because the Sefer said, on this basis of the Gemara, Mayasam Yishashir, so what do you have to, what do you mean? Why do we how do you become wealthy? Yavana Kaddish Brokha said, what do you tell me? You can't rely on a Kaddish Brokha. Of course, you have to work. You have to be married with That's how you become wealthy. You have to daven, of course, that's part of the Ishtad. All that is part and parcel of what one needs to do in order to be having success in life. You can't just say, I'm just going to work. You can't just say, I'm just going to daven. It's all part and parcel of what it means to be a wholesome, uh, successful person. One without the other does simply does not work. That's what the Sefer says. That this is what it meant, and and we pointed out a couple of uh, uh, what I think are very nice points from the Ksav Sefer. One of which was a point that I had him for literally my whole life, and never saw anybody say. It, but he said he says it pretty close. Um, the pasuk says, if you recall, in Parshas Ekev, the pasuk says there's a challenge people are going to have in life. They're going to say, "They're going to think that they have success in life that it's because of them." And you're supposed to remember Zacharta, then no, you should remember that he's the one who gave you class, not you. Right? So what's understanding? You think is saying back, no, 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 it's not. So what happened? What's Hashem's response back to the Jewish people? That you didn't do it? You saying it's and Hashem saying, no, you didn't do anything? Listen to the Pasik carefully. The Pasik saying, Zacharti, you should remember, Kihu Hanesin he gave you the Kayach, La So who's right? This is what we call in science potential energy and kinetic energy. Who did who gives it the potential? Is it a Kayach? Who does the Chayel? You do the Chayel. You take the potential and make it kinetic. You take what the potentiality was available and you actually do something with it. This is what the Pusik is telling us. This is always my part. And the Ksav Sefer says exactly this point. He says, It doesn't say in the Pasuk that he's giving you chayal. He's not giving you the success. You're giving yourself the success using his craft. And how can anybody ever forget? Every single second, your brain's working, your heart's pumping. You have a circulation system. Everything that's going on in your brain is every single second. Hashem is giving you the craft. How could you possibly forget? That's the part that I see, see very clearly that Sab Saber is saying as well. And the last Ksav Sefer that I wanted to do was, when we did yet last week, was that the Ksav Sefer pointed out that when you're benching, a person who's benching, says the Ksav Sefer, who didn't work versus a person who did work. Who is the one, when he's benching, is a more of a challenge to bench? Who's the one who has the really, who might think, you know, I don't have to bench. I'm thinking, no. Me, the Ashokaf can submit because I 
did the work. I did a fantastic job. Says Ksav Sefer. Somebody whose success, his parnasa, comes about without having to do any much work because he's, can I know, very successful doing minimal amount of work. So such a situation, that person, um, is no chiddish that that person is going to recognize that HaKadosh Baruch is going to give him the parnasa because he sat around, he did nothing, and all of a sudden, is, is, is the knock on the door, and Bob is coming to give him breakfast. Bob is giving him a thousand dollars an envelope every day. If there's no challenge to your work, if the work is is, is finding you success without you having to do any amelot, you just simply have success all day long. So there's no challenge to say Of course, you're going to thank Hashem. Who else could it possibly be coming from? But. Even a person who has like you know the story of Henny Penny, you know, she went out and she ground the and she found the, the what's it called the, the seed and she plowed and she planted and she furrowed and she's you know all the things that she had to do in order to get it right. With and then what happens? She has the, the beautiful bread and all the friends who didn't want to help all the other animals in the farm who didn't want to help her break the bread and she says no no the bread's me I did all the work right. I'm not now, now sharing with you, right? That's the story of Henny Penny. Anyhow, whatever. It's not necessarily a good fairy tale to tell the kids, but it is a fairy tale. Anyhow, so Sav Shaver is saying that what's the situation? Who's the one who has the who can say with a real passion? The person who has nothing to do, has no work, he has no challenge. Everything is fed to him. Of course, he has no way to thank Hashem. There's no challenge for a person to bench when he knows it's all coming from God. But if a person is a situation where in fact, he has full reliance on himself. He works not just nine to five. He's nine to nine. He's really into it, right? Such a person, he's going to have a challenge to really bench. He's going to have a challenge to really thank Hashem because he thinks, you know what? It's coming from me. And that's what we said. If you take that and place it on our medrash, that's a clear raya against the Arachayim. Because who's clearly the greatest? It's not Chizkiyo who's doing nothing and thanking Hashem. That's not the greatest of levels. That's the lowest of levels. The greatest of levels, David Amach, who's doing all the work, and he nevertheless, even though all the shkerach comes in, I gave it, I, I, uh, I put a little bit more saucy on it last week, right? Because I said, if I did it on the tape, I don't know, but I'll do it now on the tape. Because um, the Pusik tells us that when David Amach finished the words, he would come back home, the Pusik and Shmuel says, and the girls would be singing for him, and they would be dancing, and they would be singing, show Ba'alafim, right? Right? That David Amach is a great warrior. And all the people are dancing and singing to you. Everybody thinks you're fantastic. No. You still 100% give all the credits and credit to Akkadah's broker. This is what we ended off last week. We quoted it as well. Um, the Chassam Sefer, the Chassam Sefer was, was uh, toing off on why is the need to do the Hisarus, the, the Hishtadlus, was that you need to use a Chabad Lush, you need a Hisarusa de la Tata. You need to show Akkadah's broker that you want it. And then you get it, then gives it to you. You first have to show you really want something in order for Hashem to really then give it to you. That was the, the Lashon Chassam Sefer. And let me point out the Marsha. The Marsha says in Nida, uh, in the Marsha said over there a very nice point to try to explain how do you, how do you, how do you bring all these Gemaras together and sort of make it work? Isn't there a Gzera on a person? How much is going to have? <laughs> right, so we said the Gemara in basis says, okay, there's certain things that I saw Shabbos Yantif uh, for, for Talmud, for learning for your children, there's certain things that are not counted in the Gzera and Rosh Hashanah, but everything else is totally done for. And as Rashi pointed out in Beitza, what if, 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 the, if your Parnasa, if your Mizanais of our you know, by Rosh Hashanah, so what's the luck to do the work? You know, you're 100% whatever you're supposed to get, you're supposed to make $100,000, you're going to get $100,000, you do nothing, you do everything, you're getting $100,000, let's make a difference. If you really truly believe it, because that's really what Hashem has promised. Except for the few exceptions about Shabbos Yantif, the kids learning all that. So if that's the case, says Marshall, what do you what what then is this Gemara telling us? There's nothing to be Miss Asher. There's no there's no more schar that you can do. It's going to make you wealthier. How do you juxtapose these Gemaras together? Says the Marsha, because every person has a gazera, and it doesn't mean that that's it. Gezerah means that if you stay at that level, if you're like, you know, Nebuch, you know, the person dies and they go, what's it called? Flatline, right? And the, uh, and the machine starts going beep, beep, and boom, right? So if you flatline on that kind of a line, so that's, you get your Gezerah. But most people, 
They're B'nai Ali or B'nai Yerida. They're always constantly moving up or down, whichever way it is. Says the Masha, your Gezira is 100% cut, so that's not going to change. But you can change your who you are. Throughout the course of you can change your mind. We brought down the Gemara, Shana, right? the Gemara it says they're fantastic Gemara about how the din is done on Rosh Hashanah, that you're going to have only a certain amount of water for that year. So how is it possible that you're going to end up, if you do tshuva later on in the year, that you're going to have better, a better situation? You would, this man, the, the Rosh Hashanah was cut, how much water are you going to get? Said the Gemara, if you recall, that if you do better, if you become a bigger tzaddik, you do tshuva, but then Hashem will give you the water in the right time. It will give you the water in the right places. So then you'll be able to have a good harvest. And then one the other way, if you do bad during the year, then Hashem is going to take the water, put it in the wrong times and in the wrong places. That is to say, this is the Marsha. You could change the gezera by your actions during the year. Of course, if you don't, then you get whatever was exactly guaranteed to you. That's how we concluded last week. Well, the other way. Not, not that the tree is like starting to get out of there, you can do better. And then, what if the other way? Can you do worse? Yeah, but I said that Gemara Shan says the Gemara Okay, so I don't want to. I, 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 we'll start out with the tangent. Good question, fantastic question. Here's the answer. This is a really Rosh Hashanah part. It's a fantastic question. And the answer is like this You are right. 100% right. Everybody hears the question? Yeah. The, the, the question is, again, it's fantastic. The question is, if at the end of the day, you could do tshuva, become better, or chashon, the other way around, which means then that the gezer and shana is really, has no relevance, practically, because most people don't flatline. Most people are not just straight just exactly. Ah, oh, that's exactly how to answer. Very nice. No, no, oh, so you're gonna say more. So you're gonna, no, 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 no. Okay, no, no. This is what you were you were right there. I, hold on, hold on. You're 100 percent right till that last point. It's exactly the budget for the year. What Rosh Hashanah is done is the potential that you have for the entirety of the year. You cannot get out of that potential, no matter how hard you try, no matter how wonderful you're never going to get more than that budget. The budget is $100,000, zehu. You get the budget at the right time. Maybe there'll be less medical bills. Maybe there'll be less issues. So the 100000 can go further, but it can never be 101000 Never be more than that potential. Shana is done potential. And that's a terrifying idea. Because that means that no matter how much you try, in Ruchnius, whatever it may be, cannot be more than an iota what was the sign of Hashem? Why does it happen if you're saying potential? Hold on one second. Yeah. Oh, you mean in that sense? So if is possible that he's, he's going to die, it's a binary question. If somebody's going to be born, that's not changing. Right. But when we say that somebody gets a rock from the Rakhodesh Borkle, then obviously it wasn't such a gazera. It wasn't, uh, we're now in the. We're not in the Shas of Purim, right? So we know what kind of Gezeras are there, right? There's Gezeras in Dio, there's Gezeras in Dan, there's Gezeras in Clay, right? There's all different types of levels of Gezeras. But we're talking about a situation in Rosh Hashanah of being, like a, if you really have it, Mamish, in the, in, the, in the most sure way of writing the Gezeras, that that won't be changed. Yeah. You could talk about the Gezeras in non-binary terms. No, but I'm saying there are levels with even within the Gezerah world. There's there's the Gezerahs that are nifta of mamish with no chance of any changes, right? That's when 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 Mordechai goes and darshan by the as I'll say, right? They say, oh, how's the Gezerah written? Oh, it's written in it's written in the blood. It's written in ink. So it's why, can't why be changed. Budget is text, right? And it really depends how you did first and but you're 100 percent right you're just thinking about it in a quarter way because like you know uh, no, modern day parlance but but Really Hold on. You're hundred percent right. I just don't think you've been in the quarterly way because that's not such no, a thing. No, but think about it this way. You know the famous Kasha everybody asks, 
why is Rosh Hashanah coming at the end of the year? Right? I'm sorry, at the beginning of the new year, why is it not coming at the end of the year, right? But Yom Adin, the ultimate Yom Adin that we're all going to face one day is right at the pearly gates, we're going to have a Yom Adin on our life, right? That's the normal way we expect Yom Adin. But to have a Yom Adin on the first day of the year, what kind of absurd Yom Adin is it? Right? We don't have a Yom Adin at the beginning of the year, you have a Yom Adin at the end of the year when you decide who wins the baseball game. Do you decide who won the baseball game at the beginning of the game? I mean, maybe they did the Black Sox scandal, right? But they don't normally do such a thing. When, when do you decide who won a game? At the end of the game. So what are you deciding? Yeah, I did at the beginning of the year. It's absurd, right? That's the question everybody asks. But the answer is exactly on what you say and exactly what we're talking about now, which is if the Don is on the Don of potential, so what are you basing it on? You're basing it on quarterly performance, yearly performance, your 10K or 8K, whatever it's called, right? You see what the guy did the last year. That's what you're determining in the new year. How did he act the last year? That's why it's on the first day. Because the, because the judgment on potential. This is totally Rosh Hashanah, like, you know. But, yeah. It's what, not, no, not potentially, the, what you did last year determines your potential for the new year. You see how it fits. No, no, I'm, 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 we're embellishing, we're embellishing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm embellishing a little on the Marshall, but I think Marshall is I think Marshall is referring. Yeah, I think it's fundamentally referring because he says that the lesson that he used was Avolha <laughs> Uh, he doesn't quote the marshal, but I think I think it fits fine. Okay. All right. Poetic license. Yeah. So what I wanted to do now was to go to a, uh, a citation that Yassi sent. Fantastic, fantastic citation. Very exciting. Ruchim Levavitz says in Das Chachma Musa, which I went to go out and buy just because it's citation, but there was five volumes. I was like, okay, I don't know. I have to read some more. But but uh, if anybody has a copy, I'd love to read a little bit. Uh, see, this is an unbelievable citation. I never saw it such a much. So he says like this, he's quoting our Medrash. This is no embellishment. This is Mamish. He's quoting the Medrash. He quotes it from the Alkut, not from the Medrash, which is interesting. Um, tangential point, just for a second. You know that there's different ages on the Midrashim, right? There's Halakha Midrashim, Agadic Midrashim. If you don't know, just take a two seconds. If you look, you can a good introduction to Maritzchias, in the beginning of Medrash Rabbah, a couple page introduction, where he discusses the ages of the Midrashim. So we know that Rashi had access to a Medrash called Horatius Rabbah, because he quotes it many, many times. And Maritzchias thinks that Rashi had no access so Shmois Rama, because it doesn't have, there's no quotations from it. What are the oldest Midrashim that we all know, that all that the Rashi, the Rambam, the Ramban they had access to was the Sifrei, the Sifra, the Mechilta, what is known as the Taniyadik or Halach Midrashim. Those are the oldest Midrashim. But the Agatha Midrashim are newer, younger. And some of them we don't have. Like Rashi quotes so many times, right, from the Medrash of Ramosha Darshan. Right? We, we, we don't have that Medrash. I mean, you know what they do these days is that they'll 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 pilot like you know all the collate all the different uh, places where sources and they'll sell it to you as the medrash of Ramesh Adash. That's how I got my Ksav Sefer and I got it to basically although you have to know every Ksav Sefer. What they did is they just took all the Ksav Sefer, put all that got it in shot, put it all together in one book. Ksav Sefer and I got it. He didn't write it. He didn't write it like that, but it makes it a lot easier because then you can just go to that Gemara and you can find it. All right. So in theory, you can take a Ramesh Adash and medrash and create it. Otherwise, we don't have it. There's tens of madrashim that we do not have anymore, that we that you see quoted in various rishonim that became no longer needed because of the fact that it was quoted um, in other madrashim that came out. So there are many, many, many literally tens of madrashim that that you know the Yaakov Rebbeini, the Yaakov Shemayni, everyone knows the Yaakov Rebbeini, not so popular, right? But there's a lot of madrashim that are really medieval. They're not very old at all in terms of like the sefarot, which are literally coming from Tanakh, considerably older. So he's quoting it from the Akhut but 
it's actually there in the Medish Rabbah. And Eich Rabbah is pretty old. It is actually 40. It's older than Yafet Shemayin. Yafet Shemayin is, is, is a more recent Medish. So why he's doing that, I'm not sure. Anyhow, that, maybe that's what he had access to. He says like this. He's quoting our Medish, and he says like this. That Chizkiyo and Melech Asa. What does it mean when Asa and Chizkiyo said they don't have the strength to go fight? Right, then, then no one's fighting like David. They're all they're chasing, they're davening, they're sleeping, but, but no one has the strength to go fight. Don't misread the text, says everyone. Don't think that they didn't have strength, that they were like, you know, a little lumbo, very weak, it didn't have strength. No, that's misunderstanding what they're trying to say. Each one measured against himself. They all measured out their internal strength, what they were like as people. And what they came up with was each one understood about himself. How much could they manage to be able to act in a way that would be able to be consonant with understanding their relationship to Akkadish Borobo? And he says like this, because as we say, it's quite possible that if you act more and more b'teva, more and more established, that you can forget that it's like Baruch who is really playing this all out. You're here to play the game with him, but not to forget for an iota, for a second, that you're not the one who's getting yourself all the success. It's all kin to the And if you forget, you're the one who's going off the line. And it's easier to forget when you're sweaty. It's easier to forget when you just worked so hard, when you just climbed up this big mountain in order to have the success. It's much easier to forget what the Cheskyo, Asa, Yerushalayim are doing is they were down on themselves. How much of an ability do I have to go out and do all this work to go in these wars and fight without forgetting that it's all from HaKadosh Baruch? So he says, that they would have not even a shemet, not even a, a hint, a pintle of the idea that it's all coming to me, that they somehow are thanking themselves for doing a great job. He could be a fully engaged, 100%, no question. He can fight the wars, he can do the battles, he can be engaged against his enemies a thousand percent. And, it would, and, and the girls could be sashaying and dancing for him. And he could be praised in all the newspapers and it wouldn't get to his head, not a slight iota. He would know it has nothing to do with him. The success will come from the average. This is the highest of levels. Asa. Melech Asa, he's a great king, for sure. He's wonderful. But he has no ability to go out to literally fight his enemies. Because it's not because he's not strong enough to fight his enemies, but because if he goes out to fight his enemies, he is liable to forget when he has his success, he is liable to forget and say thank you to Hashem. He might actually give himself a pat on the back and say thank you to himself. And therefore, he's just going to chase. We're deep full of odd. And just with the running alone, that's a, the maximum he could do. He could still thank Hashem. He knows he didn't actually beat them with his own hand. He just chased. Just the chasing, he could still give all the credit to Hashem. Over deep full of odd, he could still thank Hashem. If you went and Mamash chased them and beat them, he would forget and he would give himself some credit. And he would not be thinking everything was from Hashem. He wouldn't even chase, forget fight. He wouldn't even chase. He would just daven. He's even on a lower level because he's not willing to take even if he chases, it's already too much established for himself. It's already taking too much credit potentially for himself and not thanking Akkadish Bo. And of course, Yechizkyo was on the level. I'm going to go to sleep and I thought, bro, you fight the war for me because I know if I even do any little thing, I'm liable to say thank you to myself and to start giving myself credit and to forget that it all came from me. 
שאוזי ישוע מכל פגם ופחס. אבל אין בכוחה לפי ערך מהדרגוס, אפילו פעולה קולדו, יש לנו אבילות אבן ללילות, שלא נוצר מהיר כוח ויועצים מיד, הוא לא יסייב, ומיד נושא נרקנרג מהזרוק מהשם. והוא בגלל שהטבע, שטוב האקוסו בחיית נאמר ריבה, this is what the apostle says by the name ריבה, but משה רבינו והיט ברק, שבחלק זה, שבין עקוב ודיבור, כבר מוקדם סגר משה ועניין לא יאמן. אבל מה היה הבעיה? is that there was a moment here that they could have fully believed that it's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You mean, hitting the rock and coming out water, you don't fully believe it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Is it normal to hit rocks and water comes out? No, but if you hit a rock even a little tiny bit and water comes out, then already you think, well, you know, there's, there's, there's something there that, that, you know, there's some human involvement that, that enabled us to get that water. And we don't even want to take that little bit of a slightest what normal person would believe that you hit a rock and water comes out? Nobody. But but even at, oh, okay, except for again, but you would you would potentially think a little bit is due to the hitting of the rock, a little bit due to the nature, a little bit not so just Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Therefore, So therefore, Hakadosh Baruch was able to find a shemitz of an excuse to get rid of Moshe use that as his fig leaf to, to, to do that. But fundamentally. If they wouldn't have hit the rock, if they would have just spoken to the rock, that would have been the greatest effervescence of seeing Akkadosh Baruch because there wouldn't be any, any physical action in terms of getting out that water. Continues the Das Kachon Lutzer, Abirufim says like this. Um, I would like to, to take what he wants from this. Where is he going with this? He says, this should tell you something very, very interesting about the state of man. This is how you want to know the, 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 the key to understanding where heresy comes from, where apikursa stamps from. It comes like this. People think that, oh, there's a big sakana about things that are outside of Teva. The biggest sakana in the world is Teva itself. The biggest sakana in the world is Teva itself. He was not even willing to do anything with Teva. He was not willing to go and be engaged with nature at all. He would not even uh, um, he wouldn't chase his enemies, he wouldn't fight his enemies. He tried to avoid nature and how the natural world works 100%. Why? Because if he did not, he is potentially open to saying that it was all due to him and not due to Akkadosh Baruch. That's why he said, I'm going to sleep in my bed. Do you understand what he's saying? He's saying, forget, we've left that matters now, now we're going to the modern world. What's the takeaway? How is he looking at this marriage? Right. The way I've been promoting the marriage is very different. Right. The way I've been promoting the marriage is that we should all be trying to live in the level of Zavad we should all be trying to live as we talked last week. What is the game? If you know it's all coming from our God is broken, think that's 100% the game. The game is to live on the level of love and The biggest challenge for each and every one of us is to be able to be fully engaged with the world and recognize that even though we're fully engaged, nevertheless, all of that we have comes from our God is broken. It's the greatest challenge, the greatest level. He's looking at it from the other perspective. That's the greatest challenge. Who's on the level of David Amal? Who has the ego? Who has the, 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 the haughtiness to think that they can emulate that kind of love? Tzitzkiyo Amalek already said, you cannot. Tzitzkiyo Amalek already was unwilling to do any ishtab. He's unwilling to engage with nature at all so that he should never take any credit. When I am not doing anything, that's the only time I can be 100% assured of my amunah, right? That's what we said in the Ketab Sefer, right? If you recall the Ketab Sefer said about the benching, right? 
when you're going to thank Hashem and have the most kavanah and benching, it's the only person who never does any work. The person who's working, 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 he needs to get the bench. Because, you know, by him, it's coming from him, his own job, his own work. If did any bit of teva, if he did any work within nature, he felt that he was liable to forget that it was all due to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and he might start taking credit for himself. The greatest challenge in the world, the greatest level in the world, is not is not Nisan, it's nature. People think that it's all about the miracles. Oh, we only had the miracles back in the time. Again, this is tangential, but this is actually related to Purim. But uh, Funer writes that the greatest, you know that there's two holidays that are going to last, right? Loss of love is not going to be taken away, right? Purim and, and Hanukkah. Different reasons I give to but in relation to Purim, why is Purim going to be remaining? The Purim has the greatest level. It's the greatest level that's uh, of, uh, of any of any uh, yanta. When you want to be grateful, and what what, what does Purim have? It uh, sounds like a, a pretty, uh, you know, um, full of uh, drunkenness, full of uh, levity and laughter. What is it in the highest level? The highest level. Why? So many mafarshim point out it's because it's in exactly in the drunkenness, exactly in the levity, and all of the physical, all the gashmis, all the fun in the game. That's the challenge when you find a Kodesh Baruch But it's more than that. Our points out that in the Megillah, there's no God. In the Megillah, there's no Nisim, Hamalas, whatever. There's no mention. It's all Adar HaTeva. What the Jewish people will be able to make Kabbalah, like Mar Shabbos tells us, this time was accepting God, not because of the song and the fire and light show, right? The song and dance that was at Sinai. Who's going to say no to that Torah, which is being given to you on a mountain that's like shaking, Right, this is not Midrashim. Hashab Shad and Pasik. Right. The higher Sinai Ashan Kuloi, the entire mountain is shaking. The This is this is not Midrashim. The mountain is absolutely shuddering. There's smoke pouring out of it. You hear blasting, deafening noise. Who's not accepting that terror? When the person who just put the Yamsa, who just gave you the 10, you know, Makis, there's no chance that anyone here is saying, oh, I won't do this deal. Just the sheer terror, you're going to do it. The mountain is shaking. The people are terrified. Everyone is sitting. No. They accepted the terror by Purim. That's the situation of people without anything. You could read the entire Megillah Esther and you would not know that God is involved. The entire story unfolds and evolves in a very naturalistic manner. I don't want to get into all of that now because that's all Purim, but if you think about the story, it was very possible that the Jewish people never had to think about a Kaddish Baruch Hu. In fact, I'll leave you with one little point by The very last Pasuk in the Megillah, the Pasuk says about Mordechai, right? It's fantastic, right? It's a very big success, right? Mordechai was what? What does the Pasuk say? V'rotzi what? L'roi v'achad. Ever wonder why that is? V'rotzi v'roi v'achad. I mean, l'roi v'achad. What about, what about the, uh, all the achad? So you got the classics before, like even Ezra says, you know what it means to worry about? Oh, yeah. Who would be beloved by everybody? Nobody. Even Moshe Rabbein, right? Moshe and Aaron, right? Remember the difference in the Pazik? But Aaron dies, what does Pazik say? Who was, who, was, who was mourning for Aaron? Koral, right? By Moshe Rabbein is Bayifku, right? Only basis for only, only the Jewish people, but not Koral. What, what happened? And Parshim points out, Aaron had, He's the right of Shalom. He's making peace by everybody. He doesn't have to make hard decisions. He's not the leader. He's not making, no, no, you're wrong. And you have to do tshuva and you're bad. No, he's not doing that. He's always making peace. Easier to make love than make war. So, fantastic. Aaron Akayan, he gets a thank you from the all of us. So everybody's mourning when he passes. Meshach Abayim, the greatest of the great. No, not all of Israel mourning. So, same by Mordechai. He's a leader. He's a absolute draconian thing. He has to punish people. He has to, not everybody loves him. That's one way to look at it. I'll show you a Lord that, that um, I believe I can push it onto the Marikara. Not 100% I can push it on. So we won't push it on. Um, probably push it on, on uh, Yeshar Reggio, who is an uh, Italian master. Not for right now. Um, 
but it's my own vote. I think of it as being 100% possible. You know why he was only brought to the right back up? It's a good tangent because it is important coming up. I'm just gone, no? So, what happened at the beginning of the story? In the beginning of the story, if you think about it, how did it happen that the Jewish people were in danger? The Torah tells us, the Megillah tells us what happened to the Jewish people were in danger. What, what happened? Huh? No, Pashup Shah, what happened? Pashup Shah is that he didn't bow. Mordechai lo yichra lo yishtakabed. The Pashup Shah and Megillah is that the reason why this happened was that Haman, forget the Gemara, forget Haman knew Mordechai, they had a history, none of that. Just Pashup Shah and Megillah is that Haman did not know Mordechai. And there was this Jew, for whatever reason, forget Chazal about the you know idols, whatever. And and even then, even if he had an idol, he had a big, huge getch ground sitting there on his chest. He had a big cross. I don't know what that means, but let's say he had a huge cross. Are you allowed? Are you allowed to bow? No, Avram bowed to Bnei Ches, right? That the brothers that bow down to you. You're allowed to bow. It's not a question of bow. You're allowed to bow. No question. How luckily you're allowed to bow. What happened? Mordechai lo yichrav lo and if you look at the Pusik, the Pusik is making it super duper clear. You're supposed to know that Mordechai is not bowing to rape him on. How do I know? Because the Torah tells you intertextual, right? We love intertextual here. What does it mean intertextual? It means that the Torah uses the same language in different places. You're supposed to remember, ah, yes, yes. That's what the Torah did over there. So v'chol yoyim v'yoyim. Right, every day this would be happening. You're supposed to be thinking about all the different times the Torah uses this kind of a language. And if you look at the Pesukim, you'll see that Mordechai is making it super duper clear that Haman should finally recognize that he is not bowing, and it, and he does. Right, my love. Right, we looked at the Jewish people. They asked Mordechai, "Why are you not bowing?" So he says, "I'm a Jew, I can't bow." And eventually, Haman is told about this. Why? Because people want to see. Leroy Tayamdu. But they want to say, who's going to be the one who's going to be this uh, vanquish? Who's going to be the one who's going to be the victor? Haman or Mordechai? Who's going to win? They tell Haman what's going on. And they tell him his nation. And it's very upsetting to Haman to acknowledge that he's so angry at this Mordechai. He's going to go take Nekam on him. It's beneath him. What does he do? He's going to take Nekam on his people. That's Parship Shadam Sukh. Yes? Mordechai's bowing is what causes the whole story to erupt. There is a concept, I don't know what it's called in psychology, but maybe somebody knows, but it's known as the um, pyromaniac fireman. Ever heard of the pyromaniac fireman? Nobody? Yeah, there's a concept, there's firemen, they are pyromaniacs. It's the weirdest thing, but they know how to put out fires and they start fires. They, they put them out. And it sounds like they, they want to get a big thank you. Like, I, there's something in the psychology that's a little bit messed up. He's a fireman, he's a fireman. It's an amazing thing, but it's real. It's not like I, I literally come up with this. This is real. This is such a phenomenon in the world. I'm arguing to you that that's why he was only roughly the right now. You didn't have to make this whole scene happen. Why did you do this? You want to now big Yashikach? Oh, fantastic. The issue of the Jewish people came to script. The whole thing started because of you. Now, I have no idea how we got to this, but if anybody remembers, please let me know. Joseph, where were we? Okay, nobody remembers? All right, fine. Oh, I know why. Because he said, because he, he's leaving, he left the Medrash, and he said, The whole, the, 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 the greatest of levels is not nace, the greatest of levels is not Nisim Bulim. It's Derech HaTeva. That's what we started on. Rafunner says, that's why Purim is the highest level. That's why Purim is one that lasts. Because Purim is the time when we accept HaKadosh Brooklyn, the Sarusa de la Tata, as we used the language before. It's us deciding to take HaKadosh Brooklyn. Hashem says, Hashivenu Hashem Eilecha. But we always say to Hashem, Shuvah Hashem. We always say, Hashem, you should do this Purim. You should give us miracles. But the greatest of levels is living a life without miracles, is living a life in Derech HaTeva, 
and recognizing Akbar's book. That's what the positive Gemara in Yuma says based upon the positive. But Esther said when she goes to Nakashir, Salman Sech, Ali Yelas Hashachar, Ma Hashachar, Soif Kalalaylo, Af Esther, Soif Kalanisim. The whole goal since Esther is there's no more Nisim. There's no more second base of English. There's no Nisim, Gulim anymore. We have to now find Hashem in our daily life. And this is what the, the Mashkiach here is saying. Derech HaTagah is the hardest. The hardest challenge to find God in your daily life when there is nothing supernatural happening. When the supernatural happening and there's massive nisim going on, there's man and there's and there's the be'er and there's covet or there's the nisim on the base hamikdash of the age coming from shemayim and the you know the 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 various different nisim that happened over vetum and the chayshin. Oh, very hard not to see akharish broker. But in a world of no nisim, you have to go find akharish broker. You have to go bring him out from the nooks and the crevices and the easy forgetting of kriyshvi that everybody has. That's the challenge. And that's what he's saying over here. But when we just stop him, how could he think that uh, because yeah, that he did anything? That's the biggest Right. No, he's saying, what, what do you mean? Just the Kiddush reference. He's saying the little bit of a pula, the little, right, obviously it's less, but the little bit of a pula. That seems like that would be the highest level. Saying, no, but it's your davening. My davening. <laughs> Usually mothers. Okay. The davening I'm melech all of our shul, and he says to zocha last rakovet teva kifi amido shachayv ba'adon neshtabeach al the davening I'm melech who is zeicher to do everything al derech teva. He is neshtabeach on this. Again, I said that if you look at that medrash carefully, it's a very enigmatic. The medrash doesn't mishabeach davening. It sort of just puts them together. So I don't know where he's getting the mishabeach. About it, but that's what it's that's what he's saying. He continues, he says, Here he doesn't give you the full story. I don't know why he doesn't give you the full I'll tell you the full story. The Gemara Shabbos tells us, um, you know, the Gemara, the Gemara says, it's an unbelievable. Gemara. No, give me the Gemara says that man died and he had a kid, he had to nurse the kid, and he couldn't, he couldn't nurse the kid, he had no money, he couldn't hire a nursemaid. In those days, they had nursemaids. What do you, what do, you do? The kid's going to start. The Mar says the nace happened and he, he was able to nurse the kid himself. So there's Machlagis in the Gemara, whether or not this was a fantastic thing or it wasn't a fantastic thing. So one Mandama says, it's amazing, look at this amazing thing. Right? A nace was not that he was able to nurse his own child. And the other Mandama says, what terrible thing that he had to be changing the course of the world, he had to be changing nature in order to be able to do this. A terrible thing. This is a fundamental, says the says the Das Kosmos, a fundamental question or challenge that we have. What is the ideal in the world? Is it working within nature and finding God, or is it working without nature, changing nature, getting away from nature? So he says like this. He says, Adrab Kam Guru Adam that that was the Makhlaq thing. He's not on a high level. It's a low level. The fact that they had to change nature for him. The raya that he was on a lower level is because they didn't give him his knees but only in relation to going outside of Teva. And he continues like this. And this, I thought, was Mamash to highlight. There's this beautiful line here. It says, all this, like I said, until now, that matters, we were already arguing without, without this. But here he goes like this beautifully. He says, and this goes back to the question last week. The tachlis nisa yitzias mitzrayim. The tachlis of all. So you might ask, what's the point of all these makas, all these incredible miracles that we had happen in um, in mitzrayim, right? What was the point of all these miracles in the midbar, the mitzrayim, all, all the level of living, what they call the infusion, the IV, like the, the sugar, the pumping in you, all this fantastic stuff. I don't know what the exact term. I'm, I, I don't have the exact. But you're getting pumped with all of this artificial sweetener, right? It's, Making you think that life is wonderful, God's supposed to give you everything. Is the tachlis of that, the tachlis of Mitzrayim, the Nisim, all of that, it was all beyond nature. The whole point and purpose was just to give the Derech Right? You ever wonder why, like the, they say, they bring it down that when the kid goes to learn the Alephate the first time, right? They give him the honey. You ever have this? They give him the honey? Yeah. So when I learned Alabay, they give you a stick, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what they did in the yeshiva. Um, so um, they give the honey the first time. Why do they give the honey? 
Because after it's going to be the stick. Now, if you hit the stick, they throw you out of the sheep. But that's, that's, that's nowadays. In the old days, I didn't do that. And I'm not so much older than you, but I can absolutely assure you that I went through elementary school with a mamish hit sticks and hands and rulers and mamish patch like all the time. Huh? Belts, yeah, I've seen. I, I saw bike, bike chains. I mean, like terrible things. Anyhow, so so the 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 idea of going with honey the first time is because it gets harder. So you go in the first time sweetness. So you hope it gets a little bit easier for the kids, right? If you go in the first time screaming, and you better learn. It's not going to work very well. You're not making the Torah exciting. So he says that's the reason you gave the mts mitzrayim, all the makas mitzrayim, all I've seen it, all that stuff is artificial sweetener. It's just there in order to get them to eventually Vadar Chateva. That's why, right, if you remember, there are some Mephoshim that say, why do Jewish people not want to get into Eretz Yisrael? Why do they do the Miraglim sin? There are those that want to suggest they did the Miraglim sin because they did not want to go into Eretz Yisrael. Why not? They knew once they go into Eretz Yisrael, they're not going to have Nisim on the same level. They still had Nisim, but they're not going to have Nisim on the same level like they had in the midpoint when the Mamash the Kukun and the Bosom of the Kaddish Boruchu. They didn't want to have such a, they didn't want to have a, a, um, a, like a divorce. They didn't want to have a separation like this from my brother's bro. They wanted to still stay in that same cocoon. So they didn't want to go to there. Now those that want to finish, but that's not the ideal. The ideal level is not the midbar. He's not saying it here, but this is 100% what he's referring to. The ideal level is not the midbar. The ideal level is taking the honey and then learning alphabets on your own. The ideal is to take the Nisan bloom that I brother's infused you with and then to go and live out there in the land of Israel, you're farming and back-breaking labor. And remember, it's a lot of Israel. That's the start. That's the sweetener to get you on that way. That's the idea, the, the goal that we are all supposed to be aspiring to. That is the ideal level. You get to such a level when you recognize that Hashem has totally blown you out of the world of all these incredible nisim that are way, way beyond nature. So then you're going to be um, uh, when you when you're inoculated. Inoculated, I think, is the word, right? When you're inoculated against disease, you're inoculated against the the virus of Kreichi That is what he is suggesting that we can see from this matter. I see we're sort of getting short on time. And of course, we, we haven't really done anything yet today. Um, all right, so the two minutes we have left, if it's okay, we start a little bit late. So I just want to take two more minutes. I just want to uh, conclude one thing. If you recall, we discussed, I think now last week, maybe it was, right? Two weeks ago, we discussed Rav Nachman Ezra right? We discussed the the, the Rashiva from Yeshiva Brechamosha there in Mali Dumim in relation to his Right, so we discussed there the question about whether or not um, that we, without getting into it fully, we discussed whether or not this idea of that people who are learning don't have to go to war because there's a notion of that the the rabbanon don't need natrusa rabbanon latricha natrusa. Why, as Rashi says in Bamitzia, because the term is the Torah is is what protects them. So we said that according to Rabbi Rabbanovich, obviously that's not that's an anathema for him because he's a reshiva of a of a has the yeshiva, so obviously everybody there is going and doing both. They're learning and they're and they're going to fight. And so what we said, what, what we quoted from him was that, that he said, he said, "What are you talking about? This question doesn't exist. You can't rely on this." And Sam Khalani says, "Obviously, question." But more than that, the whole idea of Rabbanon Tzvichin Natrusa, various situations, more talked about in Bar Basra, and also Bar Mitzia, is in relation to what building of the wall, the taxes in order to protect the city. So that's the situation of Rak Nefesh. But about it is a different story. Of course, that's a different there is bad because the enemies want to come and kill you. That's hundred percent clear that you have to then uh, um, uh, uh, save yourself. But he also pointed out that this notion of, uh, of of this question doesn't ever get started. Why? Because the fighting in Israel is a defensive war. The fighting in Israel is a Mahamas mitzvah, not a Mahamas mitzvah. which shows like the in the beginning of Rafa's relations up in Amalek. Right? What did Mar tell us when the when 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 the Jewish people would tell the, the ministers would come to David Amalek and wake up in the morning and they wake him up and they say, New David Amalek, time to get, you know, come out. And uh, he would say, What's going on? It says, Oh, the Amti is right? They need Parnassus. So he would say, Okay, look, they should do Misparnassus, right? They should go do business with each other. They would say, Look, it doesn't work. And the economics, I don't think it works. So you can't just do business with each other. There's no, 
if there's nothing coming from the outside, if there's no capital, if there's no um, food, like it's just simply not going to work and do business. So he said, okay, go push the and do it, right? Go out and go fight a war, right? Go take over somebody else's capital. Go take over somebody else's land. That is the Mohammed Sarashus. That's not an obligatory war. That's not a Mlacha, a Muhammad of the, of the Zion Amin. That's a, a Rashus. You can go fight if you think it's going to help your economy, if you think it's going to help your security, whatever. You're allowed to do it, but that's not a Mohammed mitzvah. In that situation, only certain people go to war. What about a Mohammed mitzvah? Mohammed mitzvah is a defensive war. Even a Kala, even a Khassan, anybody has to go and fight such a war. Even a Kala, even, even a, a lady has to go fight a Mohammed mitzvah. This whole bit questions about relation to uh, gears for women. I'm not going to get any, any of that now, whether or not that applies. Even uh, those who do support that, the men should go out to where even though they're learning, don't necessarily support that. So that's a separate topic. But that was his argument. I will continue on that point and say that the Gemara says, we have two Gemaras. One is Gemara in Dharm, one is Gemara in Saita. The Gemara in, in, in the Dharm says that Avram Avinu is punished and has the children of Israel go down 400 years, right? Be in Israel. So the Shiva Mitzrayim, why? Because Isa and Gar to Mechum. He made a he made an army out of Mechum. He took them away from learning in order to go make them fight for him. When did he go fight for him? When he go went to fight for Lloyd. What did he have to go fight for Lloyd? Lloyd is not even Malam Lakam. Right? At that point already he has uh he has uh Yishmal, meaning by Messi basically that Messi Galias, he has already Yishmal. What does he have to go fight for Lloyd? Huh? Okay, so he's going to help his rabbi. He already separated from his rabbi. They already split. Why does he have to go help Lloyd? Again, I'm not saying this as a shot matter. I'm saying on Chazal's understanding, why do you have to go? You're going to help Lloyd? And you're going to bring out people who right? This is like he had people, whatever they were learning, whatever that means. The idea was, what I'm, what I'm using it for is the idea from Chazal. Chazal understood that you taking out these people who are learning to go fight, not right. We see one other place where we already talked about them, so it's a good segue. We've been talking about them all day today, right? Asa. Asa, Melchi of Yehuda. The Gemara says in the end of Saita, what the uh, beginning of Saita, I'm sorry, the Gemara said what? The Gemara says that Asa was, was um, Chosh Baragot. He, he uh, had a malady with his feet. He couldn't walk. Why couldn't he walk? The, the, the Pasuk says in, in Devayamim, the Pasuk criticizes him. He said that he only went to go be, be miyach with the, with the doctors. He didn't go ask Hashem. That's a, a negative. He look, compares that with Chizkiyot. Chizkiyot also had a malady of the feet. And over there it says that Chizkiyot was, you know, he turned up the, um, uh, Chizkiyot when he had his malady, not with the, when he had his malady, what did he do? He was, he turned his face to the wall, right? Panavala Kir, and of course says that it means stop it, right? Because he, he went to Agar, he didn't go to seek any doctors. But Asmet is very interesting. That's also Chizkiyot Asa. So, okay, not for right now. Anyhow, so um, what did Asa do? So Asa, the Gemara says in Saita, why did he get the malady with his feet? He got it because it was Asa and Garakum. Also the same Lashan, like the Gemara in the Tzar. He took people who were learning and made him go fight in a war for him. Go fight in a war against Basha, Melchi Yisrael, who was fighting against him. There was a fight between Melchi Yisrael and Melchi Yehuda. So, so the, the, the Chazal criticizing him for bringing out people who were learning. So this is, Rabbi Rabbanavish doesn't deal with it. But both of these are good citations against the idea. You see that maybe people who are learning shouldn't be taken out. Right? In the case of Basha, Basha is a defensive war. Melchizedek is trying to kill Melchizedek. It's a defensive war. Right? Avram, fine. You want to say Avram is not a defensive war. But Asa's war is for sure a defensive war. And nevertheless, he's still criticized. Here. Oh, so I'm not going to, I don't have a good answer. I'll just say one thing. That the idea, and this will conclude. This notion of the, that the Gemara says in, in, in Balbasra and in Balmutsiya that the Rabbanan are like Natrusa, to say that as a, as a normative thing that the rabbis don't need watching this Tarosa Misham Rosa is itself in the Gemara already knocked out. As, as that's, the, that's true. It's not true. It's not true as a, as a general matter. The Torah is going to protect you. You don't have to worry about anything. It's not true because the Gemara already said, Am Rav Yehuda, Hakolig, this is the Gemara in, in, in Balmutsiya, the Gemara says, Hakolig, when it comes to fixing the wall, right, which is a dangerous situation, if you don't have a good wall, then the enemies can come in. So everybody has to pay, right? Even the Yisraim, the Rabbanon don't need to pay the taxes to go fix the wall in order to be able to protect the city. Why not? Because the more says, my time, Rabbanon don't need it because they don't have, the terrorists shame them, they don't have to, you know, be worried about uh, anybody coming to attack. They're okay. However, the Kario de Pasio, the Afilme Rabbanon, 
However, when it comes to a situation of digging a well, then even the Rabbana have to pay the tax. I mean, why do you have to dig well? You have to dig well to drink. What do you mean? Why can't the Rabbana say they're away from May Miriam? No, they can't. They have to also dig a well to get water to drink for themselves. So therefore, even they have to pay tax. So you see clearly the, the Rabbana doesn't apply for everything. It's already limited within Chazal itself to certain areas. Right? In the case of the building the walls, it's, it's not a it's a subject right now. You build a wall. Maybe there's going to be a problem. It won't be, but you have no idea. It's not a situation of a of time of Muhammad. That's what Rabbi Minavish is arguing. Like, oh, you bring a riot from that. You can't bring a riot because who knows what that situation is specific is. Building a wall in general. I mean, think about the wall around Yerushalayim, the old city. Is that a very protective wall? I mean, not so hard to breach. Right? I mean, maybe it was higher in the old days. But I mean, like, you know, we know that the wall by the first base, it took a while for them to breach. Fine. But we're talking about a regular city. We're not talking about a capital city. It's not a wall around the city where it's not necessarily surrounded by enemies. It's not 100% clear there is a Pikuach Nefesh situation. It's a Suffolk Pikuach Nefesh, maybe, maybe not. It's not clear. Let's say it's a Suffolk Pikuach Nefesh. So you have to um, um, build the wall. So you don't get it from the Minachal because they don't need to, to, to be watched. Fine, so they're not going to pay the taxes. But to drink, why don't they say the same? Why do they say that they don't need to drink uh, in a regular way? They can rely on to provide them with water. No, we don't say it. So you see clearly that even Chazal limited this idea of Abunah Chukun and Fusa to certain situations. They didn't say it in every situation. We'll leave off with this. Have a good day. Yeah. Maybe the issue with Asa.